unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And thanks again for hitting that play button on your favorite device that you air your podcast on. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to talk to Sammy Kincaid. She is a senior producer at UCF Athletics. She's one of the folks who helps you get to know the players and coaches at UCF Sports. And we will talk to Sammy. She is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a moment. Bob Baffert suspended by Churchill Downs for two years after Derby winner Medina Spirit's positive drug test is confirmed. So he got caught cheating and suspended two years. And, uh, you know, horse racing, you know, kind of have a, you know, a tug and pull relationship with that. You know, it's a beautiful, majestic sport, but boy, it's got a huge seedy underside. And Bob Baffert's a guy who's always skated on that edge and has probably, you know, and he's he's been able to avoid getting caught. He's probably been guilty many more times. And you think about, you know, it's like, you know, in auto racing, not to say it has a, a CD side, you know, you, you look at it, okay, you, you get the best engineers you, to, to win. In horse racing, you get the best chemists. And so it's such a shame that such a beautiful sport, what it can be, you know, the things they do now with these animals really borders on, on, on well, more than borders on. It really is abuse, uh, animal abuse, if you will. So, um, again, that's uh, finally, uh, maybe that'll start to make a change if the golden boy of the horse racing industry is finally getting the black guy he very well deserves. Coach K is retiring. Mike Krzyzewski is going to hang it up after the season. John Shire will succeed him. He's going to be the coach in waiting, former Duke player, currently on the Duke coaching staff. So Coach K with five national titles in the bag, a couple of Olympic championships, um, and a very, very storied career in making Duke basketball one of the, the top three gold standards there are in, in college hoops. And uh, it was also said that Tommy Amaker, former player as well as former uh, player Johnny Dawkins, was in consideration. Thankfully, UCF will not have to go through uh, getting poached of their head basketball coach uh, since John Shire will already be on staff and uh, assume the new duties after this season. So Coach K will take his victory lap. And Naomi Osaka withdraws from the French Open. And, you know, this story is really, uh, you know, tells me what what is wrong with a lot of uh, sports and the oversaturation that we have. You know, she has issues with, uh, with dealing with interviews. And she even said beforehand she's not doing media. And they find her anyway after saying they would work with her. That's at least what the story is being portrayed as. You know, I think one of the downsides of this 24-7, we got to know everything deal that goes on. You know, I don't, me personally, and maybe I'm in the minority, I don't know. I don't think I have to know every aching thought that athletes have after, after, after they play. And they should have a right not to speak. You know, it's, you know, I know it's, it's good media relations and, and, and I don't want to, you know, hurt an industry that I was once in, 
but there's plenty of people who will talk. So it's kind of refreshing when people don't <laughs> nowadays. So uh, hopefully, you know, uh, she'll get better treatment going forward. Uh, not just, you know, with her own, you know, mental well-being, but uh, from the circuit that she's on. Hopefully uh, they will be better understanding and uh, take better care of her as uh, she tries to take better care of herself. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time. She is senior producer at UCF Athletics. Does segments like Strolling with Sammy. It is my pleasure to welcome Sammy Kincaid to JAS Sports Talk. Sammy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, you do such a great job of, uh, uh, of letting people get to know the coaches and players and the people at UCF. So we thought we might turn the tables a little bit and get to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like turning the tables, though. <laughs> I like putting the pressure on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep this somewhat pressure free there just, just, just for you. So, uh, but first, uh, you know, so you're a graduate of the University of Tennessee. You grew up in Tennessee? I did. I grew up in Nashville, so a, a couple hours away from Knoxville, but everyone in my family, they went to Tennessee, and so it was only, I think I would have been disowned if I didn't go there, <laughs> and so uh, it was a great experience. Um, Knoxville always will have a special place. Yes, uh, back when I was there for a couple of years, uh, we, we used to call it Knox Vegas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we used to call it that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, did you go uh, uh, for broadcasting and media type stuff for studies? Yeah, so I, I was one of the few that did not change my major going there. So I know that's pretty common, but my the summer going into my senior year of high school is when I figured out that I really wanted to get into this it was, um, they were trying to take down the basketball goals in my neighborhood and they kind of had the teenagers versus the adults on why the basketball goal should stay. And I spoke up for the teenagers and every news station was there because it was a really big neighborhood in Nashville. And everyone was like, wow, you spoke really well in front of a camera. And that was when, um, unfortunately for Aaron Andrews, she was going through the people incident, which that happened in Nashville. And so it was really big in the news. And so women in sports broadcasting got really big. And I really thought I was going to be a marine biologist, even though I'm terrified of the ocean, terrified to get in the ocean. But um, that was kind of the moment that changed everything. And so went to Tennessee for sports broadcasting and really thankful for my time there. Yeah, so if you'd have become a marine biologist, you might have ended up in Orlando at SeaWorld, right? <laughs> exactly. No matter what, I probably would have ended up here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, you know, Danny White and Josh Heifel have moved on to the University of Tennessee. And was anxious to kind of get your thoughts on how you think they will do there. And uh, because, you know, you got an inside look at what they did here. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and, of course, uh, knowing the Knoxville culture like I do, I was there during the Peyton Manning era. And, uh, and, well, pretty and, jealous was, then. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and it was a very vocal and, uh, and, uh, rabid fan base then. And they actually had the power to fire a head coach after he got hired in Greg Schiano. Um, what do you see for uh, Danny White and Josh Heupel in Knoxville? I think, like you said, it's a very fired up fan base. Um, I don't think there's anyone better to handle that than Danny. Danny, it, engages a lot with fans and that was one thing that I absolutely loved about him he wasn't scared to tweet back and make sure to get things under control and talking to people that I know that still work there um, 
they've got quite the situation on their hands. And that's one thing Danny's really good at handling is financial situations. And that's the biggest thing with everything that they've inherited is the financial situation. So I think that um, I think they're going to be fine with what they have, because if you're going to hire anyone, that's the people you want in those positions. Yeah. And, you know, and they're desperate to be good in football again. It's been a long time, unfortunately. (laughs) It has been. It really has been. Yeah, and I think the SEC is better to have Tennessee be in the mix. Uh, you know, as well. I, they are. I mean, all of my friends give me a hard time, but Tennessee was the most winningest program in college football history up until I want to say it was 2013, and that's when I worked in recruiting. And everyone's like, they're irrelevant now. But I mean, I'm always going to love my alma mater. <laughs> well, you know, and you should because that's what that's what you know. You go to school, you create those memories there and you definitely uh, have to be proud of where you where you where you've been from so that's always good so so how did the road lead to UCF for you so uh, after I graduated from Tennessee I um, worked there for a couple of years for the start of the SEC network and I ended up getting connected with SEC nation did that for a couple of seasons absolutely loved it it was a really great experience getting because we traveled if that was um the first year of the playoffs so we got to travel we followed alabama uh to dallas and then to phoenix and so i got to see a lot of things meet a lot of great people make some great connections and while it was great i was 23 20 well i was 22 whenever i started with them 23 And I was like, at some point, I want to be based out of one city. All of my stuff was in a storage unit. (laughs) And if I got to go home, which I think the longest streak I was gone was 18 days straight. So I would go home for like a day, be gone for usually around like seven, eight days, and then come home for a day and whatnot. So I was like, I want to be based out of one city. Got into local TV. That was an experience. Um, Local TV has its... It has its ups and its downs. But whenever there's a huge news story, you're pulled off of sports and you're there at a homicide and that's where I found myself and I was like I got to get back to straight sports (laughs) and UCF just happened to have an opening Uh, it was really really lucky timing I said I don't want to move up north I want to find somewhere down south and I know I love working for a school and so I was looking at schools that had openings and it was during the 2017 season so it was very, very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Timing is everything, right? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Really so, is. so uh, you know, we'll 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 kind of get to the to that uh, time frame a little bit, but uh, kind of wanted to ask you, you know, you know, here we are. You know, it's been a very busy spring because everything got shifted back because of COVID. And you know, how amazing is it that sports is back and closer to normal? You know, this time a year ago, we had no sports. Yeah, this time a year ago. Well, not even this time a year ago. I would say in July, I, got, I was fortunate enough to work the MLS's back tournament. And all of us at ESPN, we were saying, like, this is weird. It literally felt like you were in a science experiment because they had these huge machines just, just blasting lights on the field. And it was pitch black around because they didn't need any. They didn't need to put lights anywhere else because there's no fans. So you didn't need to help guide anyone anywhere other than the workers and the players getting to the field. So it was really weird. It really felt like you were in a science experiment. So it's really, really nice. It, I think it taught us how to appreciate so much more. So I'm, I'm thankful for um, just witnessing that and like realizing the little things that we take for granted on the day-to-day basis. But I'm so glad to be back to normal and hearing full capacity and, 
it, it's going to be really good. Just even on the charge on tour, seeing fans at the charge on tours, it's been so nice to see people that you see on Twitter that always tweet back and forth with you actually getting to put faces with names or see those faces that you haven't seen in a couple of years. It's been really refreshing. Yeah. And you think it's going to be, you know, almost two years uh, since we had a full bounce house, you know? Yeah. No, it's going to be good. Especially this new staff. I mean, a lot of them have either coached or played there, but um, cause uh, GJ, his first game he ever played in collegiate was at, UCF, it was the opening game because he was a freshman at Texas. He didn't technically play in the game, but he was there. And so um, it's there. I know they're really excited to see the bounce house too because they have no idea just how much it actually physically bounces. I love being in the press box because even though the tower is not connected to the stadium, the tower will sway. As you probably know, the tower will sway and it's really cool. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of interesting because, yeah, you think about the things you took for granted. So if there were no water, like at the very first game, people wouldn't probably wouldn't complain, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. They just want to be back in there with everyone. (laughs) Yeah, no question. So we talked about the busy spring, you know, so, you know, uh, softball had a terrific season, um, you know, got to the uh, the regional final, you know, baseball uh, final game of the conference. Yeah, that was a great run. So, you know, Talk about the sizzle that's going on with the uh, with with the sports at UCF right now. I think the energy that Terry has brought in has just really everyone's picked up on it, and it's really spread across the athletic department. It's been nice seeing just. I mean, a lot of the teams were seeing success before, especially in soccer and baseball and softball. Even softball last year before the pandemic happened, they were absolutely killing it, and so teams were doing well, but with the pandemic and everything that has happened in the last year from the pandemic to losing coaches, losing Danny, it's just been a nice refresh, restart, a new energy. And I think that everyone's just piggybacking off of it. And it's been fun to watch. Even yeah. with baseball, we're, like we are saying, they just had a run. They had so many injuries this season. And for them to be able to just keep that energy, though, despite what they were facing and get to where they got, that's really impressive. Yeah. And, you know, in softball, had they not, you know, had so many injuries too, that could have been a, right. They could still be playing. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I guess uh, we just saw on uh, Twitter, uh, the remodeling of the football facility, that looks pretty doggone hot. (laughs) It's absolutely beautiful. Just the little details that Gus has been doing, it really makes a difference. Uh, I was saying yesterday, it's crazy what some brighter lights and some new graphics can do to a building because it's still the same same building, but it just it's night and day difference. It's really really cool to walk through there, and it's it just feels like wow. He was talking about it in his press press conference how this place can be something whenever you have the right guy there, and he's really trying to make it be that. And it's it's really cool to walk through and see the players just get excited about it too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Terry behind your Gus smells on, it's a whole new era, you know, and, you know, and I, I kind of think back to, you know, because, you know, when Scott Frost left, we were in one of those, Oh no modes, right. It's like, Oh my gosh. And Danny goes out and hires Josh Heupel and things continue to roll. And so, you know, now we got a, we had a double shot of, Oh no. And, uh, right. and then we look at the successors coming in and you look at the credentials that they both bring, you know, and, 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 you know, Gus Malzahn's got, got the cred 
that, uh, you know, really, I, you know, how do you see that uh, working in UCF Saver? Well, I think it's just before, whenever Scott Frost left, I mean, yes, we just came off to the Peach Bowl undefeated season, but you only had that where the national attention was like, oh, no, 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 UCF, not that, not that. Because all you had before that was the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, you had some other big notable wins in there too, but the Fiesta Bowl was the big notable. It's now been pretty consistent with some little hiccups, but pretty consistent across the board in all of athletics. So I think that now that UCF is really showing like, hey, we're here to stay. This isn't a couple of one-offs. We're going to do something. That's how you get those names like Terry and Gus in here. And I think that that's going to pull a lot of weight with players, recruits that are coming in because they know Gus's name. It's not, it's not his first year. It's not, he's not a new coach. They know what they're getting. They know that they're going to get a credible coach. So I think it's just going to really help out in the future and building something yeah, you know, when you talk about that, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, we we keep hearing uh, the words organization and and and, and things like that. And you talk about the detail that he's putting into the football facility. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I that I like is you know this seems to be like he's going to have a CEO mentality. He really does have a CEO mentality. It was. It's just he looks at the little details. We were talking about this earlier. How he looks at little details. He really wants everything it just runs really smooth. Um, it's from day one. It was just little things that, Hey, we need to make sure we get this done, this done, this done first before we focus on these other videos. Um, it's, he has a plan and it's just really refreshing knowing cause I mean, he's done it for decades now. He knows what he wants. And so it's really refreshing having somebody come in and be like, this is exactly what I want instead of trying to guess what he wants, you know? And so it makes your job easier as a senior producer to know, okay, this is what I need to give him. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit about being the senior producer. So uh, you have a, uh, have a well-popular segment, uh, Strolling with Sammy. And uh, sometimes uh, you're, you're not even on foot. Uh, you, you're not, uh, <laughs> uh, on motorized uh, things. Uh, we, were, we were scooting this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so tell me about, you know, what inspired that particular segment, you know, and, and, and is it as easy as you make it look? Because, you know, sometimes just sitting here, I have a hard time talking. I can't imagine just kind of like walking and focusing and having a conversation. It's, it takes some practice, but especially with T-Rolls, that was, he threw me for a loop on that one, but it was fun. And that's what the whole point of those is to be fun, just so people can see their personalities. So it's not a lot of pressure. We kind of just, I have a few questions that I know I'm going to ask, but it's really just to, I go based off of the conversation, wherever it goes for those, it's not really that prepared just so that it stays casual. Um, because that's people see them all the time coaching. They see them whenever they're always on. They never see them just them as a person. Um, so that's the whole point of those. So it doesn't get too hard while you're walking or scooting. <laughs> yeah, you know, and our mutual friend Trace Trilco likes to do a walk and talk when he does promo. I know he's trying to challenge me. He's up in his game. Yes, he is. You know, I think we should have a like a comp- a competition and maybe set up some sort of a charitable outcome for it. <laughs> uh, I would like that. I like doing that. I love doing charity stuff. So I would absolutely enjoy that. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll let Trace know. So. That'll- <laughs> 
<laughs> we, 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 can, we can have some fun with that. So, you know, you, you do so many segments in front of the camera, but uh, there's a little thing called post-production, you know, and, and, and all the things that go on behind the camera. Uh, can you kind of relate to all the things that you do to make these packages? Yes. So um, I do shoot, edit all of my stuff. So um, that's probably where majority of the time is spent is editing, really. I mean, you do shoot a ton, but whenever you're shooting, you always have to think about post-production. You want to make it easier on yourself in the end. So I like to try to do the interviews first so I know what they're talking about. So then I know what to shoot for. Um, And then, for example, for The Quest, that's a series that I do in the fall. I would say shoot the interviews probably take 10, 10 minutes with each person. The shooting is probably a couple days, two, three days worth of shooting. The editing is, I usually take a day and I edit it. And then I'm usually there for about, I'd say like 30 hours straight after that. And I'll like, I take a break in between. So the editing is really the biggest part of it. Um, because you can ask great questions, but whenever you're putting it together, that's whenever it shows like how good of a storyteller you are. And so um, I really take pride in the editing part of it and even the shooting, which whatever angles you get. Uh, if you're shooting up at somebody, it's going to be more of a hero shot. So depending on what the story is, if you're having the up angle, for example, with uh, Brandon Moore, for example, when I was doing the story with him and his just everything he's overcome in his life. I was trying to shoot more up towards him because of everything he's overcome. It's going to be that hero shot, but then it just depends on what the story is and how you shoot it. Um, everything can help tell the story. Yeah. And, you know, and I imagine, you know, with all the, with all these, uh, all the players and the coaches that you, that you have the, this personal time with and things like, hey, you know, you know, what does it mean to you? I mean, because you, you end up probably forging friendships uh, out of this that, uh, that you're going to, you know, long remember. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I feel honored because not everyone gets to form those relationships with them. And I get to see a different side than everyone else because whenever with all the coaches, they're so, they have so much on their plate. They're so focused. And so, I mean, I, I don't like letting I mean, I'm a very social person, but like, I like to try to keep my close circle close. And I feel like it's the same way with them because they have so much going on. They have to keep a close circle too. And the fact that they let me in because they let me help tell their story, like that's such an honor. And so the fact that they form those relationships, those friendships with me over time, it really means a lot. And I don't take that lightly. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah, it feels much different because, you know, you're not looking for a soundbite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I need a full story. So it really does mean so much how much they open up to me. Yeah. Who would you say your favorite players and coaches that you've interviewed over the years? That's not even fair. It's not, <laughs> is it? <laughs> is, this, is this just football or across sports? Across sports. Okay. Across sports. I would say um, Aaliyah White has been uh, – her and Jazz, they they are the two softball players that are going to be really hard um, on their senior day. I might have cheered up a little bit. Um, it's going to be really hard to see them actually go. Jazz took off her nameplate today at the facility, and it was it was kind of tough moment when I saw her do that. But um, they're both very very special. DG, he's like 
my son. I call him my son. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> I love BG. Uh, he's such a good kid. He really is a good kid. Uh, so I would say from football, he's definitely a good one. And trying to think of who else player wise, but I mean, I love working with all of our student athletes. I really do. Each of them brings something completely different. Uh, and they're just hilarious. So I, I love working with them coach wise, Emily Marin actually, she actually texted me while we were on here. I don't know if you heard my Kim possible ringtone cause it was on loud. I didn't realize my phone was on loud, but that was actually Emily that texted me. Um, I love She's great. She's just always got the best energy. And uh, she's actually out with Alyssa Lamro right now for the U.S. Women's Open. Mm. So uh, that's pretty cool for Alyssa. And uh, Emily's been sending me updates on her. So I would say Emily's definitely a favorite, but I love all of our coaches. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting when you, when you look at this. So let's go back to, you know, 2017. And you caught a tidal wave, <laughs> you know, <It> really did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's just like pure gold. And what are your favorite reflections from that 2017 national championship season? So I actually moved here the day of the USF game. So I got here at the very end. Um, and I would say, my favorite moment was probably the conference championship because that was my first time in the bounce house and coming from an sec school at first, I was like 45,000 coming from 102,000. I was like, there's no way it's going to be as loud. And at that conference championship, I was just mind blown, absolutely mind blown how loud it got. It, it felt as loud, if not louder than what I had experienced before. And so it was a really cool moment. And it was like, wow, I've really joined somewhere special. And I can't wait to, I mean, obviously I, I, I got there at a really, really good time. I was like, I can't wait to see what comes next. I had no idea that the Peach Bowl was gonna be next. And that was, that was a great moment as well. Um, especially since I had so many friends texting me like, oh, look at halftime. And then whenever we came back and won, it was, it was really good to be like, oh, yeah, you still want to talk? <laughs> so, uh, that was a really cool moment, too. But really, first time in the bounce house and just feeling how electric it was and, like, feeling the bounce. Because I was up in the – I was saying it earlier. I was up in the press box, and it's literally swaying. And that was just a really cool moment. Yeah, so, you know, and then you – you know, like Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl his first season. So, you come in and, you know, UCF's, you know, hitting the top and – you know, Dan Marino never got back to a Super Bowl, but UCF at least got back to a New Year's Six. You <laughs> they know. did, they did. You know, in that in that in that season, you know, the the remarkable things that happened, uh, right. continuing the winning streak. College Game Day was such an amazing, you know, thing to take place here. Um, kind of reflect on that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, no, that was. I remember. I think it was the week before they announced that college game day was coming and I had a couple of friends that work for a college game day and they're like, Hey, there's a possibility that we come. And I was like, that's just whenever, you know, like you, your team has made it, you know, whenever they're there, you're on prime time and it's like, okay, they're finally getting the recognition, you know, like UCF's finally getting the recognition they deserve. It, they've gone through an entire undefeated season 
and then undefeated. I mean, at that point, it wasn't a complete undefeated regular season, but I don't even, it was probably what, 20 games at that point that they had won straight. So Mm -hmm. it was just finally getting the recognition. And so it was just so, um, it just felt so nice that everything you you had been doing for so long was like, okay, it's going to get recognized. Eventually you're going to break through that barrier eventually. And I think because of those two seasons is why you saw Cincinnati being in the talks last season. I don't think if UCF didn't have those two seasons, you wouldn't see Cincinnati being talked about the way they were. And so um, I really think that it broke down a lot of barriers college game day coming and being on prime time and just more people being able to actually see what UCF was doing that season instead of just, Oh, they won against this person. They could actually physically watch the game and see how good those players were. Yeah. You know, and to think of that about that too, because you know, college game day shows up and we put out one of the best crowds they've ever had, you know, just to see that come to fruition was amazing. And then that night to see how electric, the atmosphere was, you know, prime time on ABC. It, you know, it really speaks a lot to the branding of UCF. And, you know, because now everything is about branding. And, you know, Danny White's two little words at the end of the Peach Bowl, national champions, sparked a big, you know, just a big wave of this, you know. So, can you kind of talk a little bit, you know, because, you know, you're involved in the branding of UCF and, and, and as well as the other folks in, in UCF athletics, the things that we do, the, the, the videos that we put out, you know, for, for game day hype and the things that you see on the, on, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the big board at the bounce house, you see all this and go, man, this is just, this is just top notch, top level stuff. Well, I really appreciate that. I know everyone I work with really appreciates that. Um, I'm really blessed to work with some very talented people um, because if you look at how many people are in our departments across and put it up against other departments in the country, we're very understaffed. So I'm really lucky to work with the people that I do and be able to put out that kind of product. Um, And it's, you were just talking about some of the hype videos, Dalton Conrad, he's my counterpart. He's the other senior producer. And it's nice to be able to learn off of other people that I'm working with because we all have different skill sets um, and you have to hire people with different skill sets because we're so understaffed. So it's nice to be able to branch out and learn more stuff and just really be able to, I think that's why we push each other forward because we're always learning off of each other. Um, and you have to be able to do that in this industry. You have to keep going forward because everything changes. Social media changes every single day. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's kind of interesting thing because had you seen television, Television doesn't, television doesn't do a lot of innovative things, at least in my opinion, compared to yeah. what happens, you know, with what you guys do with social media. Yeah, no, it's definitely a different world. Um, I worked a lot with the social media side whenever I was in local TV. And I did a little segment because uh, I worked with the morning show and it was a little five minute segment. And it was the top things you need to know before you get out the door. And that was our social media segment. But I mean, that's one segment. Um, it's very, very different now uh i think that teams have really embraced um the social media side of things and i think eventually tv will catch on because they have to the you see a lot of the reporters on social media um you just don't see a lot of the tv stations capitalizing as much um so i think that 
And I know whenever I was, I was on an NBC station in Chattanooga and they, that was something they were trying to push more instead of just pushing headlines, getting more interactive. And that's what you see a lot of team accounts do. They're interactive. They're not pushing headlines at all. (laughs) And so I mean, sometimes you might have a link with a photo or a video, but other than that, it's, they're being interactive. And I think um, once TV stations pick up on that, it'll be more of an even, even feel. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of cool. Like I said, you know, the, the first thing I saw with the video of the, of the football facility, you know, and all of a sudden, man, you just see a well, comment slide up and the retweets slide up. You know, that it's so so fascinating to watch how that thing catches fire. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's fun to see how passionate fans are. Um, I mean, I'll go to my phone and I'm not even talking anything. I just somehow get tagged in something and I have 16 notifications, 20 notifications, and it's fun just to see everyone's passion. And I love, I love banter. I love going back and forth with people on sports. And so I love like, I love reading it and seeing people go back and forth with each other um, on it. And so I think, I think it's great. I think uh, Eric DeSalvo does a great job with, he is so good at egging people on. I absolutely love it. He's such an instigator. And so um, he, he, he does what he does and it's fun to watch how people respond to it. Yeah. And I think the other word that kind of comes to mind to me as well with, with all of this stuff is the word fun really does yeah. apply. It really does. Uh, and that's, and whenever I say instigator and eggs things on, like he's doing it for fun. Like it's not out of any like mean ill will or anything like that. Like he does it for fun because he knows what's going to get people talking. Um, he's really good at that. And so it's fun to watch. Just And that's the one thing, like, even during the pandemic, sports was what brought everyone back together. Um, it was really cool to be a part of the MLS's back tournament because that brought people back. I mean, the NBA tournament was happening right after, but it was fun to watch those two tournaments bring people back together and talk about sports on, on social media again. Um, it was, so it's been a lot of fun over the last year. Yeah, and so, you know, after a year of having to, you know, be constantly – uh, tested and, and and go through all the protocols and things like that. Do uh, you really see things loosening up today? Yeah. No, don't even have to wear a mask uh, at work anymore, which is really nice um, because almost everyone's vaccinated. So it's nice to feel normal. I mean, I sometimes will carry it around my wrist because if people aren't vaccinated and we're in a, in a room together, then I'll put it on. But other than that, it's really, really nice to just be able to walk around and not have to wear a mask and actually see people's faces. There were a couple of freshmen that I walked past. Uh, I want to say it was last Thursday or Wednesday. They're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even recognize you at first because you didn't have a mask on. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is what I actually look like. And it's so crazy um, that that's even a thing. But uh, yeah, so it's it's really good to see people's smiles and everything again. Well, it's probably a blast to have a job that you love so much. But, uh, you know, outside of UCF, what 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 does Sammy Kincaid, what, what, what entertains you? 
Um, I like going to Disney. I love Disney. <laughs> uh, place. No, it is. It is. I have a season pass to there. So I, I frequent Disney quite often. Um, I love gardening. So this Memorial Day, that's what I spent my Memorial Day doing was gardening. Um, that's because I just bought a house. And so I'm redoing the backyard and it was a lot of fun. So Disney, gardening, spending time with friends. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, pro sports? Uh, anything you follow in particular teams, things like that? Yeah. So I, I'm actually a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Dan. You didn't grow up in Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. Because whenever I was younger, the Titans weren't there yet. Granted, I was six years old whenever the Titans got there. But by that point, my dad had already taught me football. The games that he got on TV whenever he was growing up were the Dolphins games because nobody cared about the Falcons. They didn't care about Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, he had the Colts, but you really the, – the Dolphins were the team to watch. And so that was the games you got in Nashville. And so I grew up with a bird named Marino that was <laughs> teal and orange. And uh, I've just always – I've always loved the Dolphins. So everyone always gets really confused. They're like, You've never, you haven't lived in Florida before this. But you actually find a lot of Dolphins fans in Nashville. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I was born and raised in Orlando. So, I, <laughs> and that's because my parents, before I was born, lived in Dallas. So there, there you uh, go. Yeah, so there's a reason exactly, for everything. Yeah. So parents have a way of influencing you in these in these matters. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. my dad's why I love sports so much. I grew up in the dugout because uh, he coached an umpire, so he was oh, okay. definitely a big influence for me. Okay. And uh, what other uh, what other sports teams do you like? I love the Predators. Love the Preds. I was a little heartbroken this weekend. Mm. They had, what was it, four four games in a row go to overtime? And, yeah. And then losing, like, it was just, it was hard. It was hard. But um, I, was, I was happy because we weren't really sure how the season was going to end up turning out. And at least making it that far, that was, that was a win. So, yeah. And isn't playoff hockey the best? <laughs> it's just, it really is. I, that's what I grew up with season tickets to was predators games. Okay. Um, and so I loved going to those and hockey will always have a special place. Hockey and baseball will always have a special place. Nice. And uh, are you a TV binger, a movie watcher? I I wasn't until the pandemic and my best friend has actually made me watch. I don't even know how many shows since the pandemic. <laughs> I feel like that's all I do now is watch new shows on Netflix. <laughs> um, but Outlander is probably my favorite show. That's been my favorite show for a while now. Uh, I'm Scottish. So, and that's actually filmed where my family lives in Scotland. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then she had me watch Vampire Diaries. And I was like, this is like a little teeny bop show. That's what I always thought. And then I started watching it and I was so addicted. I was so addicted. Loved it. Um, I just got done watching Beauty and the Beast on Netflix. If you haven't watched that, that's really good. Okay. Well, good. I'll, I'm it's not, a TV show. It's not the movie, which right. I love the Disney movie, but there's a TV show called Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I don't binge a lot of stuff, but uh, you know, I am looking to try new things, so I will take your recommendations <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Sammy, this has been a blast. I do appreciate you taking the time. If you would, uh, you do some shameless plugs uh, where people can follow you on social media and, uh, and all the things you're doing at UCF. Yeah, I keep it pretty simple. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are the same. It's Sammy Kincaid, S-I-E. S-A-M-I-K-I-N-C-A-I-D. And that's it. 
keep it real simple. <laughs> awesome. Well, we look forward to, uh, you know, after, after a summer break, we look forward to uh, a full bounce house coming up and uh, lots of great things happening in UCF sports and look forward to uh, hearing you tell more stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back to close out with a TV theme right after this. No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and Company in the morning, join me 9 to noon, weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com because class is always in session around here, virus or no virus. Yes, we lost America's favorite boat captain, Gavin McLeod, this, within the last week as he passes away at the age of 90. And he, of course, was Captain Stubing on the Love Boats, comedy drama that ran on ABC from 1977 to 1986, including four three-hour specials that aired in 86, 87, and 1990. The series, of course, set on the luxury passenger cruise ship MS Pacific Princess and revolved around Captain Steubing, his crew, and the passengers played by guest actors as they had romantic and humorous adventures and the ship's regular protocols were Porto Vallarta and Acapulco. The series part of ABC's popular Saturday Night lineup, which also included Fantasy Island until 1984. The original 1976 made-for-TV movie on which the show was based was itself based on a nonfiction book, Love Boats, by Geraldine Saunders, a real-life cruise director uh, for a passenger cruise ship line. And again, Gavin McLeod uh, as Captain Merrill Steubing. And you think about his career. Oh, my goodness. Uh, before that, he had, had big notoriety on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show as he played Murray, the... Uh, one of the news writers that sat right next to Mary Richards. And boy, you think about that Mary Tyler Moore show. That was a lineup like the 27 Yankees, right? Ed Asner, Ted Knight, Mary Tyler Moore, Valerie Harper, who would go on to her own spinoff. Cloris Leachman, who would go into her own spinoff. 
Oh man, what's what a what a great show! John Amos had a part time role before uh, before Good Times. Uh, yeah, so that was a a terrific show, and uh, Gavin McLeod, of course, your captain speaking, and uh, also on the cast of the Love Boat, Bernie Capel as the ship's doctor, Adam Bricker, Fred Grandy, your yeoman purser, Burl Gopher Smith, and he uh, of course would eventually uh, get uh, elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Representative Gopher, you have the floor. Ted Lang was your bartender. Who would want to have a drink served by him? Lord Tweez was the cruise director. Julie McCoy for seasons one through seven and uh, also for the specials. She, of course, had battled some uh, drug demons um, as she rose to stardom. Jill Whelan was Vicky Stooming, the captain's daughter, seasons three through nine. Ted McGinley, who uh, often was a curse for the end of a series, as you know, he, he joined Happy Days in its late stages. He was on season seven through nine's The Ship's Photographer, Ace Covington. And uh, Patricia Klaus repl- was Judy McCoy, Julie's sister, and succeeded her as the cruise director. And in the final season, a troupe of dancers who performed and cor- performed choreographed performances was introduced. They were called the Love Boat Mermaids. One of those became a star. Her name was Terry Hatcher. She was real and she was spectacular. <laughs> the Love Boat theme, also a very popular 1977 song performed by American singer and actor Jack Jones. Seasons one through eight, believe it or not, Dionne Warwick sang it for season nine. There you go. The Love Boat, our TV theme for this week. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.